on the Pesach Seder, we have three matzah and four cups of wine. The three matzah allude to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The four cups of wine, says the Maharal, alludes to the four mothers. However, the Maharal does not explain each mother with that cup of wine. And so, I would like to expound upon this concept, to connect each cup of wine with each one of the mothers. And also, to connect it with the four children of the Seder, because the four children also represent the four cups of wine. So how does all of this work together? We begin with the first cup of wine, Kaddish. Make Kiddush, the first cup of wine. This is the cup of Sarah. What does Kaddish mean? Holy. Holy, to make the physical world holy. This was Sarah's entire life to inspire people. As the Medrash said, she had a tent open from all four sides. Wayfarers would come in and eat. At the end of the meal, they would say, Sarah, thank you. She would say, don't thank me. Thank the host and the hostess which is Almighty God. And by doing so, she spread monotheism throughout the entire world, her and her husband, Avraham Avinu. So the first cup of wine is Sarah, to make the world a holy place. Furthermore, Kadesh, or holiness, means separate. Kadesh umuvdo. To be holy means to be separate. Sarah and Avraham separated themselves from the majority of the entire world that at that time served idols. And they said, no, we're not going to follow the norm. We're not going to follow the nations of the world. We are going to go against the current. We're going to go against the stream. And we are going to serve Almighty God. The first child is Chacham, the wise son. It doesn't say that Sadiq. It says the wise son. He's very intellectual, and he has the ability to inspire. That was Yitzchok, the child of Sarah, who was not only a tzaddik, but also a chacham. And therefore, we have now the first cup of wine connecting Sarah and Kadesh and the first child. What is the second cup? The second cup of wine is... Rivka. Rivka is the second cup of wine. Now it's interesting to note, the second cup of wine is said on the Ben Harasha. It's said on the child who is the wicked son. Now anyone who has been at a Seder, and I, I presume that most of you have, you would know that the entire Agada, or the majority of the Agada, is said on the second cup of wine. Why is it that we give the Russia? the Ben Harasha, the child who's wicked, all the limelight and all the attention and the entire Agada is recited on that cup of wine. And the answer is because really he has questions. And our job is to explain to him the questions. Mm-hmm. When you have a rebellious child, you say, look, let's go out and have a drink. Let's say, L'chaim, let's talk about it. Because in truth, every single person has a godly soul. Every single person has belief in Hashem. Sometimes because of circumstances, 
they were burned, they were upset, something terrible happened to them. They have gone through trauma. And therefore, by sitting and discussing and elaborating and showing your love and concern, this is the way to bring them back. And this explains a very powerful statement here in the Agodah that has caused many, many scholars for years tremendous, tremendous difficulty. And the Rebbe answers this in a very innovative way. It says about the Russia. It says over here that the Russia says, what is this avoid, what is this service to you? He takes himself out of the entire Israel. Therefore, what should you do? Knock out his teeth or blunt his teeth. And you should say to him, you should know. If you would have been there in Egypt, you would have died with everybody else. Now that's very welcoming. That's really very inspiring. The Russia doesn't keep Shabbos, doesn't keep kosher. Finally, you convinced him to come to the Seder. He's sitting down with the whole family. And that's the way you give him such a welcoming in front of the entire family. You embarrass him. Basically, you're telling him, drop dead. If you would have been there, you never would have come out. Four-fifths of the Jews died, and you would have died together with them. That's really a beautiful, inspirational statement. And the Rebbe says a very innovative approach. The Rebbe says, we say to him as follows. You're looking for excuses to get out of it. You're looking for us to get angry. You're looking to push my buttons. It's not going to happen. This way of speaking, this philosophy, would have worked only if you would have been in Egypt. Then you would have been left in Egypt. But after God gave us the Torah at Sinai, now every single Jew will be brought back home. No one will be left behind. And therefore, it's going to take another cup of wine. It's going to take another hour. We're going to sit and we're going to talk and we're going to work it out. Who is the second cup of wine? The mother Rivka, the mother of Esau, the mother of Esau Russia. And every year she reminds us at the Seder, my son was Esau. And you should know, he was considered to be a Russia. For 3,600 years, I continued to pray and to await for him to return. I never gave up on my child. And you should never give up on your child. I've spoken to parents who have, let's say, five, six, seven children. And they say, look, one kid is not so good, but the other ones are great. So I guess six out of seven is pretty good. No, that's a big mistake. Every single child is infinite. Every single child is holy. We can't give up on one single child. And this is Rivka's plead with our generation. Don't give up. Continue to bring them to the Seder. Continue to talk to them. Open communications. And with that, you will eventually see tremendous blessing and success. The third cup of wine. Now, the third and fourth cup of wine go together. The first two cups were before the meal. The latter two cups are after the meal. Our rabbis tell us that the first two cups of wine represent the past redemption. The next two cups represent the future redemption. Furthermore, we find a very interesting halacha. The Jerusalem Talmud says like this. Rabbi Levi tells us, We know that we read two special portions of the Torah before Passover. We read the portion of Pada, 
the portion dealing with the red heifer to purify one who has come in contact with a dead body. And then we read the portion of HaChodesh dealing with the mitzvah to bring a paschal lamb. These are the two special portions that are read before Pesach. Says the Gemara like this, that between these two portions, which are really the third and fourth of the four special portions, because we read two special portions before Purim, and then we read two special portions before Pesach. Now, when it comes to the first two portions, between the first and the second, there could be a week in between that we don't read it. Between the second and the third, there could be a week in between that we don't read it. But when it comes to the third and fourth portion, it's one Shabbos after the next. So it says Zablevi, Ein Mavsikim. We don't have any Shabbos that separates the third portion from the fourth portion. And he gives an example. He gives an example, When it comes to the Pesach Seder, he says, between the first and the second, you can drink. Between the, sec- the second and the third, you can drink. Between the third cup of wine and the fourth cup of wine, you're not allowed to drink. You drink the wine of the third cup, and then you drink the wine of the fourth cup. The fact that the Gemara uses the two cups of wine as a siman, as a mnemonic, to remind us of the two portions read before Pesach, means that there is a connection between these two cups of wine and these two portions. These two portions, the third and the fourth of the four special portions, represent the concept of, number one, tshuva, and number two, tzaddik. Number one represents the idea of returning to God through repentance. And number four, the fourth cup, is the path of a tzaddik, which I like to call the FFB, the fruit from birth. Now, the Zoya says something very dramatic. It says, when Mashiach will come, one of the things Mashiach is going to do is a sava tzaddikai b'tuyufta. Mashiach also la sava tzaddikai b'tuyufta. Mashiach will come to bring the righteous, the tzaddikim, or the FFBs to do tshuva. Now, why do you have to do tshuva for? If you're learning Torah every day, and you're doing mitzvahs every day, why must one do tshuva? And the answer is, because it could be that even though we're doing the mitzvahs daily and studying Torah daily, this is simply by rote. We were raised that way in a Jewish home, in a religious home, we saw our father do it, we saw our grandfather do it, we saw our mother do it, our grandmother do it, and we do these things. Every year Pesach, we know, we throw out all the chumbits. And every year Pesach, we eat matzah. It's not that I'm so religious. That's the way it is. For eight days, you eat, you eat crackers. That's all. So, it's called mitzvahs anoshim elomada. That the mitzvahs were done because I was taught that way. Not because there's an essential deep relationship between Almighty God and mankind. And therefore, Mashiach will come. And he will bring this tshuva, the Baal tshuva, who has a passion for God, an excitement for Yiddishkeit. This will now carry over and go viral. That even the tzaddik will now have that same passion, the same excitement about Yiddishkeit. Now, now that we understand the third cup, which is the cup 
of tshuva, which is associated with the third portion of the red heifer, dealing with purity, to refine someone who came in contact with a dead body, which spiritually represents tshuva, and the fourth parsha, which deals with the mitzvah of the paschal lamb. This is the approach of a tzaddik. Why? Because when the Jewish people left the land of Egypt, we were a newly born nation. And the Talmud says that one who converts to Judaism is like a newly born child. Each one of us went to Sinai, each one of us converted to Judaism, and therefore we started from ground zero. We started from scratch. And now we are a tzaddik. So, the Paschal Lamb is associated with a tzaddik. The red heifer is associated with one who became impure, and now the tshuva and returned to God. These two cups of wine, the third and the fourth, also represent tshuva and tzaddik. How do we see this? The third and fourth cup of wine represent the future redemption. In the future redemption, it says God will come and make a big meal for the tzaddikim and for the entire world. And we're going to eat at that meal the famous leviathan, the big fish, and the famous shehabur, the delicious piece of steak. And we're going to have the wine that was already in the barrels from Adam and Eve aged delicious wine that didn't turn vinegary and this is going to be the main meal that's the first step after Mashiach comes the second step is that we're going to sit and bask in God's light we won't have to eat anymore it's only going to be a time of praising God and a time of spiritual intimacy so the idea of tshuva of returning means to elevate the physical and make it spiritual. That is through eating. When you eat, make a bracha on food. And you have in mind the intention that I'm using this food to serve God. And furthermore, that there are sparks in this food that I need to elevate. That is the idea of tshuva, returning these sparks to Almighty God. After I reach this level of eating the meal at Pesach, returning all these sparks, and I have the third cup of wine, I move on to the fourth cup of wine. What is that all about? Praising God, singing songs to God, but no food. Which is the path of the tzaddik. The path of the tzaddik is to bring godliness down into the world. That godliness should manifest itself in the everyday world. How do these two concepts connect with Leah, and Rachel, and the third and fourth child. Perhaps we can say the following. It's brought down in many svarim that the difference between Rachel and Leah is the difference between Tzaddik and Baal Rachel represents the Tzaddik, the righteous one, and Leah represents the Baal the one who returns to Almighty God. This is hinted in the fact that it says when he saw Rachel, she was Yafas Toyar, Yafas Mare, she was beautiful in complexion, she was beautiful in form, mm-hmm. implying that she did all the 248 positive commandments, 
and she was careful not to violate any of the 365 negative commandments. This is Rachel. When we talk about Leah in the Torah, it says her eyes were dim. Why? She was crying. Now, Rashi tells us she was crying because she was concerned that she may marry Esav, Esav Russia. But on a more Kabbalistic level, the idea of crying is true. When a person feels that they are distant from God, they feel this void in their life, so now they cry, that crying gives them the impetus and the encouragement to now return to Almighty God. So Leah represents Tshuva, and Rachel represents Sadiq. So cup number three is Leah. This has to do with the meal. And you're elevating the physical, making it spiritual, which is the avoida of a baltruva. That is the approach, that is the service of one who returns to God, to take the physical and make it spiritual. Then we move on to the fourth cup, which is Rachel. Rachel's job is to bring light into the world and to permeate the world and pervade the world with godliness. And, as we said earlier, they're really two of one, because both of them were married to Yaakov, to one husband. So the third and the fourth, there's no separation between the two. It's really one that is two, two aspects. In other words, as the Zohar says, Mashiach will bring, Mashiach will bring the tzaddik to do tshuva, because the third and the fourth cup are really one. So the tzaddik, which is the fourth cup, is connected to the third cup, and therefore, now that Sadiq will do tshuva, he will begin to serve God with more passion, with more excitement. How does this connect to the third son and the fourth son? The Tom and the She'eni Dei Elishel. The difference between the Tom and the She'eni Dei Elishel, we can also say, is the difference between the Baal and the Tzaddik. How do we see that? The Tom says... Mazois. What is this? He is so excited about what's going on at the Seder table. Wow, this is amazing. Mazois, this is incredible. And he just now sat down at the table and he's hearing the story how, how Pharaoh was the, the Moishel Bekeeper. He was the emperor of the entire world. Egypt was the empire of that time. And not one slave left Egypt. And here, two and a half million Jews in one day walk out in broad daylight. Like, wow, that's amazing. How did that happen? He's excited. He's excited about Yiddishkeit. He's excited about the Seder. And, and he can't control himself because of that exuberance. From love, you should tell him, Yes, it was through a mighty arm, through tremendous miracles. That God did, he shattered nature for the sake of his children. This is the Baal Balchuva Baal returns to Yiddishkeit. Wow, everything's amazing, everything's exciting, everything's full of passion. So this is the third cup of wine. This is Leah, the Baal Who is the child of Leah? Yehuda. Yehuda did Shuvah. Because when it came to the story of Yehuda and Tamar, and Tamar became pregnant, and they were going to burn her alive, she said, the one 
to whom these signs belong is the one that impregnated me. And Yehuda admitted, he said, yes, I was wrong. Yehuda did tshuva. And Yehuda caused even Ruvain to do tshuva. So the idea of tshuva is connected with the third cup of wine, with Leah, and the child of Leah, which is Yehuda. The fourth cup. The fourth cup is Rachel, the tzaddik. The one who takes the straight path, who brings godliness into the world. There is a problem with the tzaddik. There is a problem with the FFB. And that is they take things for granted. It's like they've done it before, been there, done that. Nothing excites them anymore. I've been at a hundred seders already. A hundred seders. I know all the words, I know all the stories, and all the questions. He is the She'eni Yedei Elisha. The child who does not know to ask. Why? He has no interest in asking. I've been here. I've done it. Let's get finished with it. I want to go to sleep. He's religious. He does everything right. But, you know, nothing to do anymore. And this is the meaning, The word Yedeah, he doesn't know. He should have said, he doesn't ask. Why? He doesn't know how to ask. The word Yedeah in Kabbalah means passion. It says, Adam knew his wife, Chava, and begot children. By knowing your wife, you don't have children. It can't be vicarious. It has to be physical. The same is true here. Means that he has no passion to ask. When it comes to business, he's ruthless, he's brilliant, he's innovative, he has tremendous ingenuity. When it comes to Judaism, it's boring already. He'll do everything correctly. He doesn't violate the law, he keeps Shabbos, he keeps kosher, he learns every day Torah and Afyomi and Rambam. But he lacks the passion. Who is this connected to? The son of Rachel. And that is, Rachel had a son by the name of Yosef. It's a similarity, but it's not exactly. Yosef, according to Kabbalah, is called Tzaddik Elyon. He's called the supernal Tzaddik. He's called the supernal Tzaddik. Why? Because his job was to bring godliness from above down here to the world below. So, really, Yosef is the antidote to the Sheini Dei show. But it's, he's hinted as the one who is the tzaddik, he's righteous. But Yosef did it with passion, he did it with excitement. Because he had within him the quality of tshuva. By sitting in prison all those years, in the dungeon, it raised him to a new level of consciousness. And now he was able to bring about full circle that even though he was raised in a religious home, he did this out of his own personal conviction. He did it with his own excitement. He did it with his own ingenuity and love and passion. So these are the four cups of wine, the four mothers, the four children. Now, one step further. We also have a fifth cup of wine. Fifth cup of wine. And that's the cup of Elijah. Perhaps we can say that the fifth cup of wine is associated with Miriam. 
because both of them allude to a muna of faith, of redemption. Why do we have the cup of wine of Elijah on the table? Saying that we believe that Elijah is going to come and herald in the redemption. If you look into the Code of Jewish Law, it says that one of the reasons we open the door at night and we go out with the candles is because we are establishing our faith in God that God is watching our house. And furthermore, we don't lock the door when we go to sleep that night, the front door, because when Eliyahu Navi is going to come in that night to tell us Mashiach is here, he doesn't have to start opening up each door. It'll be easy for him to come in. So all of this is associated with our emunah, our tremendous faith in the Geula, in the ultimate redemption now. And this is really the connection with Miriam. What was Miriam's unique quality? Was her belief in the redemption. As the Gemara tells us the story, when Pharaoh came out with a decree to throw all the children into the Nile, many of the husbands and wives separated. Why should we have children? Maybe it's, maybe it's going to be a boy. If it's a boy, it's going to be thrown into the Nile. Mm-hmm. So Miriam's parents separated. Amram and Yechevet separated. They were the leaders of the Jewish people. They separated. All the other Jews separated. Miriam, a little girl, tells her mother, Mom and Dad, you're worse than Pharaoh. Pharaoh decreed on the males. And you decreed on both. And furthermore, I have a secret to tell you. You are going to give birth to the Savior of Israel. Miriam was the one who told her parents at a very young age that you are going to give birth to the Savior of Israel. Now, listen to this. Moshe Rabbeinu was born. He was then put into the Nile, into a basket. Amram says, now you go check what's happening with your prophecy, because you prophesied. Let's see what's going to happen with your prophecy. It took 80 years for it to materialize. Moshe Rabbeinu was 80 years old when he took the Jewish people out of Egypt. And Miriam never gave up hope, not one day. So this is the fifth cup of wine, the cup of hope, the cup of faith, to believe that tonight, at the Savior, El Yohanov is going to come and take us out of this Golos. So these are the four or five different stages to our redemption. We begin with Kadesh, to make our life more holy. Then we continue with the second cup, and that is to inspire our neighbors, to talk to them, to communicate Yiddishkeit. Then you have the third cup of wine, which is that we ourselves should do tshuva to refrain from negative things and serve God with passion. You have the fourth cup of wine, which is the tzaddik, to bring down more light into the world by doing more mitzvahs and to unite all of these four cups together with strengthening our faith with the fifth cup of wine in the ultimate redemption that's going to happen in our lifetime today, mamish, even before the Savior.